Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's Upswell marketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing hosting an Airbnb to create real income. talk about airbnbs man and this is a topic that you and i have discussed for a while now we talked about this way back on episode three back back when we were young fellas yeah way back in those early years of our podcasting youth (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so yeah we were gung-ho about it and now you've actually delved into it we talked about it recently on the show you're open for business you you're renting out to people your basement apartment in the couple months that you've had your airbnb open What's the experience been like for you? Obviously, we're going to get into some of the details, help people (laughs) figure out how to host, but just quick off the cuff, what's it been like? Yeah, right out of the gate, man, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. We are making a a chunk of money, like more than we thought we were going to make. And it's going to be something that we're going to continue doing. I'll say that. You know, we're going to, like you said, we're going to dive into all the details and parse it out here. But all in all, it's been great. We've really enjoyed it. And I think you need to join me in these very nice Airbnb waters. Or you need to <laughs> jump on in. Oh, it's going to happen before too long. I promise you that. Uh, but by the way, it is always nice when you get paid more than you thought you were going to. You just said that. And like, <laughs> you know what? That's a nice side benefit when you make more than you actually thought you were going to. But you know, it's not good. When you end up spending more than you thought you were going to. Is this a segue? It is. Was it good? Was it good? (laughs) I liked it. All right, cool. So on a lot of websites now, 
e-commerce websites, your favorite shopping website in all likelihood, there are options to choose to pay for an item in installments over months potentially. And I wanted to kind of get your take. I wanted to, to talk about it because, you know, we did... An, it's an, awful. <laughs> that, <laughs> right. That's the, my quick take. The quick and dirty. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> but we, we talked recently about creating a holiday spending plan. And, and it's really important for folks to consider that. But now that these things are popping up, it's kind of like layaway online. Some of these companies are better than others. There are different terms involved for using each one. But yeah, what's your initial assessment of companies like Afterpay and Affirm when folks choose to not pay for their item in full at the time of purchase? But, but spread those payments out. Well, the, the difference is, is layaway, you start paying towards something, but you don't get it right away, right? You make payments, and at the end of making those payments, then you get your item. And the difference between that and what these programs are offering is that you basically, I mean, you, you are financing it upfront. You break it down into these smaller payments. And I mean, yeah, you know, I was being honest. I, I think it's terrible. It's just a way for folks to continue to spend without really thinking this eliminates any need for any sort of money plan or impulse control. Yeah, exactly. It completely enables impulse purchasing, which that's just not what we need in our life. And it's one thing when you have to go into a store and you're looking at all the different items and you're trying to decide what it is that you want to get. Like that's, that was like the, the beginning of layaway. Right. But with online shopping, dude, it's just so easy just to see something, click it. And then boom, all of a sudden you've purchased something with financing and you've given it almost zero thought at all. And so it should come as no surprise that I'm not a big fan of it, but I know you love it. You're all about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Huge fan. No, honestly, you know, I don't think they're all bad, but I do think they're mostly bad. And I think the mostly bad part is that impulse control, that lack of impulse control. Why are people actually using these companies? Well, it's because they don't have the money right now and they want an item before they actually have the cash to pay for it. So I think that's where the root of it starts is that's why it's bad. But the, the terms of service for some of these companies are, are better than certain credit cards even. So for instance, there's a company called Afterpay and they don't charge interest. If you buy something that's 400 bucks, you pay in four installments of 100 bucks each and you pay it off in full on time, you don't pay any interest with that company. So in that case, it's better than using a credit card. But I will say you still should not be buying a $400 item if you don't have the money to buy it. I don't like the idea of putting on a credit card and I don't like the idea of paying for it in installments because you're banking on the fact that you're going to have that money later and you might not have the money yeah. later and then you run into issues. Yeah, man. I, really? In the end, it's not that different, I guess, than credit cards. If you can be disciplined about it and use it like a tool, and that's what we say all the time when it comes to using credit cards, right? Use them in such a way that it benefits you and your finances. Well, then it becomes a tool. It's not this evil thing in and of itself, but it's something that you can use to your advantage. So yeah, maybe I was coming out guns blazing a little too hot and heavy, <laughs> but like you think, you know, here's a way that people who aren't even, their credit's not even checked, you know, when it comes to using these different programs, at least with a credit card, they check your credit. Yeah. Uh, and you may not even get approved for a card, but with these different programs and these companies, they don't check your credit. Just anybody you that approved. comes in. You get approved. Exactly. You approved. It's like, oh, you want this? Sure. Yeah. Have it. And then all of a sudden you're buying that amazing gift from Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> or Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going 90s mall stores here? Is that what we're doing? Exactly. Okay, very nice. It is a sign of the times. And yeah, I think most people who are using it aren't using it as a tool. They're using it as a way to get what they want without having the money, which concerns me. All right, Matt, let's get on to the beer that we're having on the show today. Today, we're having a beer called Neighborhood Nomads. It's a peanut butter and jelly imperial stout. 
So this one's going to be fun. Peanut butter and jelly. Speaking of the 90s. <laughs> and it's by, so it's by brewery <laughs> Casa Agria out of California. And my buddy Josh sent this one our way. So really excited to have this one on the show today with you, my friend. Man, and this is not the first time we've had a beer by Casa Agria. The, the first one we had was a while ago, but a very different style. It was a sour. So we, we could not have something any more different. So I'm excited to share this one with you, man. They don't make bad beers, so I'm excited to have this one. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. But all right, Matt, on to the subject at hand. Let's talk about hosting an Airbnb and creating real income by doing it. Let's ask a question here first. Do you, listener, need some extra money in your life? I'm sure most everyone answers yes to that question. But typically, making more money involves a straight-up exchange of our time in order to get that money. Finding ways to make passive income is incredibly helpful along our journey to building financial independence. And we're going to talk about this. Matt has gone the Airbnb route because it's this great opportunity to make passive income. So let's discuss how we go about hosting an Airbnb if you're interested and kind of the the ins and outs. We'll get to the nitty gritty of how you make this happen and who it makes sense for. Yeah, well, first, man, you know, you said the magic words passive income, right? And that's something that everybody wants to hear. But let's oh, go it's ahead. like music to people's ears. <laughs> passive income, what? Seriously. Let's define it first because truly passive income requires basically no effort at all, right? No effort, no time. It requires zero energy from you. And so by that definition, Airbnb is not completely passive. And almost nothing is truly completely passive. Except really. for investing in the market. Like, yeah. You've got money in the market, it's you're, you're earning dividends. Like that's passive income. So Airbnb, real estate, you know, it comes close, but it's not truly passive. But the gist of passive income is that it might take some upfront work in order for a continual and larger payoff down the road. And so, you know, like I just said, we would consider investment properties as mostly passive and Airbnb rentals as semi-passive. It's like on the path to being passive income. But as we will talk about, it takes a little bit of work. A little bit more work than running a an investment property like you and I do. Because there it, it is, you're getting into a little more of the hospitality space, not just the renting out your space or a single family home or a part of your house. It, it is definitely different. So speaking of that, let's get into the kind of types of spaces that might make sense for hosting an Airbnb. So Matt, in your case, you finished out this basement addition and that works out really well for you guys. But what are other types of spaces that people can use to rent out on Airbnb and, and kind of start hosting to make some side income? Yeah, man. So for us, we wanted to have a little addition and the Airbnb was sort of a, a, a byproduct of that, right? Two birds, one stone. But here's the thing. You don't have to undergo a huge renovation project like that in order to get a space up and listed on Airbnb. Like there is just such a variety and range in the different types of places that folks are looking for when they're traveling, right? I mean, just think about all the different kind of places that you've stayed at uh, when you've been abroad or just even in the States. There are just lots of different styles of what people are expecting and what they're looking for. I mean, have you ever stayed at an extra room in someone's place, you know, like where they just list the room, not the entire place? I totally have. So one time when Emily and I were visiting Norway, the land of my ancestors, we specifically decided to stay in in this one town in a room because it, it was like kind of the best location for us and it hit the price point that we wanted. And it also allowed us to spend more on the Airbnbs that we stayed at in other parts of Norway. So by going super cheap in this one location and renting just a room, which worked out excellently, uh, it, it just allowed us to spend more to stay at cooler spots in other places. And I think people often don't think that if they have an extra room to rent, 
that they can do it on Airbnb. Some people might say, heck no. When we proposed the idea of renting out a spare bedroom. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or actually specifically my wife. But I mean, we've got kids. Like we don't want just kind of random folks in our house, like sleeping in, you know, in an extra bedroom. And I totally understand that. I think for most folks listening, renting out a spare room in their house or apartment or whatever doesn't make sense. But for some folks, but especially if you're young and incredibly flexible, running out of room isn't a terrible idea. And I texted my buddy Greg before we did this podcast, Matt, because he rents out a spare room. Yeah. And I really appreciated his thoughts. He specifically told me it's been one of the most enjoyable parts of hosting an Airbnb and renting out a room in his house. He's been meeting people from all over the world, from India, Rwanda, Germany, and Denmark, to name a few. He said, he said he's connected with people in the film industry, doctors, students, just people from all different walks of life. And he told me, I've always had interesting conversations and some of these people end up being my Facebook friends. And he said, it's just been a great way to make additional income. His best month, he made over 900 bucks renting just wow. a single room in his house. So I guess when you're thinking about That's it impressive. like that, yeah, the trade-off that you can make, the kind of connections and cool ability to to meet folks, as well as making 900 bucks a month for renting out that room, that's nothing to scoff at. Yeah, that's real money, right? And so obviously that's one way that you can list your space. It can just be an extra room that you have. Like if say it's just a guest bedroom, right? Maybe it's a room collecting junk. It could just be sitting there empty for most of the year. Well, you know, that's something you can consider listing for sure. For us though, like I said, with the family, we're not really down with the idea of guests staying in our house. And we're not going to do it either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, your wife would not be down, <laughs> especially with shared spaces. There's a lot of communal aspects when you're sharing an extra room in your house. Can I tell you one more thing Greg told me when sure. he was telling me about his Airbnb? He said it's forced him to keep his house cleaner than it's ever been before. <laughs> so he's like, I'm constantly living in a clean space now because I host on Airbnb. Side so. benefit. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the thing though. For us, obviously that's not going to work out, but we would be down for renting out our entire place while we're out of town, maybe visiting family or if we're on vacation. Literally the first time that we ever considered listing our place on Airbnb was a situation just like that. We thought, man, if we can rent out our place and we can have our guests, you know, they would essentially pay for whatever trip that we're taking. It just seemed like a win-win situation for us. But you know, what we found was the problem <laughs> was that we don't travel all that often. So we actually never ended up pulling the trigger on that deal. We're kind of homebodies in that sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people too, let's talk about location. A lot of people think that Airbnbs, hosting an Airbnb only makes sense if you live in a major city, if you live in a place with a lot of tourist attractions. So you might be thinking to yourself that nobody is going to want to come and visit wherever it is that you live. Maybe it's out in the country or a random suburb with no major attractions, but sometimes folks are looking for exactly that. They want to get out to the country or maybe they want to visit family that live in the same random suburb or, or sweet little town that you live in because they don't have enough beds to be able to stay with their family. You never know where or why folks are wanting to, to rent a house for a few days. So don't dismiss your place just because it isn't in a bustling locale bursting with tourists. I think it's really important to note. Yeah, man. Actually, the next guests that we have checking in are going to be in town to visit family. And that wasn't the first time we've had another older couple in town visiting their daughter because they had their first baby. Folks do come in town for just completely random things like that, that you would not expect them to. All right, Matt, we got to get to all of the potential benefits and drawbacks too of hosting an Airbnb. And we will get to those right after the break. probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? 
Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. 
All right, Joel, we're back. Let's talk now about the benefits of hosting an Airbnb. And here's the thing. This isn't necessarily going to be an exhaustive list of all the things that we think you need to consider. Like these are all the benefits of Airbnb. A lot of this is going to be personal because, you know, this is something we've been living for the past few months now. And these are the things that stood out to me. And they're going to be the things that I think a lot of folks will be able to resonate with. So the first of which is the money, right? Like the income side of this, obviously. That's, uh, that's ultimately why you're doing it. If, you're, yeah. if you want to host an Airbnb, there are other side benefits to doing it. And we're going to get into those. But, but really, you want to make money. Exactly. Yeah. This is something specifically on and off my wife, Kate. You know her, right? Met her. <laughs> she's toyed with the idea mother of... Mother of your four children. Exactly. She's toy- And with that, even with the mother of my four children, she's toyed with the idea of like, maybe I should like get a part-time job. I think sometimes it can be difficult being in the home day in and day out. And you sometimes want to find some sort of outlet outside of your kids, outside of the domestic duties that she is sort of stuck with. But she loves them. She loves the things that she does. But sometimes you kind of get in the funk, right? Yeah. She's, she's chosen that. It's meaningful to her. But some sort of other outlet can be really helpful. Exactly. And so those are the times when she thinks, man, maybe I should get like some sort of part-time job. And we always end that conversation with her realizing and you know me pointing out as well that like, man, that does not make any sense at all because <laughs> childcare, just all the costs that would be added to the mix would not be able to be outweighed by a part-time income. And here's the thing. I don't want to make it sound like that Kate doesn't love being a mother, right? And a homemaker. Like she runs our household and she is good at it. But there are some times when I know she considers the adult conversations that she's missing out on and just the, the sort of challenge that comes with working outside of the home. Yeah. And with those jobs, right? And with that part-time work, there is uh, there's income that you're not earning. And so I think she also misses out on being able to provide like a dollar amount, like something a little more tangible to provide income for our family. So certainly this is a real benefit of hosting an Airbnb, right? The income. And what I'll say about it too, man, that kind of caught us off guard is that it's so immediate. Once you have your first guest, Airbnb, they automatically pay you. Like, and that money just shows up uh, in your checking account. It's pretty cool. So it's not quite like a small business in that way. Like that might take forever to kind of build up and you're kind of slowly ramping it up. And uh, you know, at some point you're going to be able to make money. You get to make money right out of the gate. It's not quite as fast as Uber, right? Like you could literally download the app, start driving the car and boom, you've got someone riding around in your car and you're making money. But it's sort of this uh, happy medium between something immediate like Uber and Lyft versus starting your own business. Yeah, yeah. Starting your own business, you're going to have to ramp up. You're going to have to to find customers. And whether it's physical or it's online, it takes a lot longer. So, but it's also, it's real money too, right, Matt? It's not like finding change in your couch cushions. It's, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a good bit more than that. So so how much money do you feel like you guys are actually making running your Airbnb? And, and how much more is it than doing like a traditional lease of that space? Yeah. So let's talk about real numbers, man. Uh, our first month, we made over 1200 bucks, And that was starting with zero reviews. We literally went live on, I think, the second day of July. And so we weren't expecting much, but man, we, we booked a lot and we made over 1200 bucks. So that was a, a good way for us to start the thing. But then August and September after that, we made over 1600 bucks both of those months. Dang. Yeah, which is, again, like that's real substantial money. After doing some research, though, we found that we're making about maybe twice as much on Airbnb as I think we could make if we rented it out like on a traditional lease. And I know that even in some markets, it's even more than that. Like I know up in Asheville, you can make about four times as much on Airbnb as you would if you just rented that house out to a regular tenant, right? On a traditional lease. And that's because of tourism. Like Asheville is a massive tourism town. You're not going to see those kind of results everywhere. You may not even see, you know, a 2x return on your money 
versus a traditional lease uh, where you live. But that's, you know, that's what we're experiencing here in Atlanta. Yeah, it's definitely location dependent, right? And I think while you can, like we said, host an Airbnb wherever you live, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a better idea for you where you live. It just completely depends on those local circumstances and what your local market is like. Yeah. And real quick too, man, you know, this is sort of assumed the way we're talking about this, but this is a way that we're able to diversify our, our money. This isn't yeah. just bringing in additional money. This is another channel. This is an, another branch of our sort of income generating tree. And, you know, the more that we're able to diversify our income, the, the less dependent you are on your day job and the more stable you are when it comes to your personal finances. And that's especially important when you own your own business or you kind of have, you know, these different side hustles going on. It's really great to have multiple streams of income. Yeah, that's a really great point, man. I, I think a lot of people don't think about that aspect of it. And most people don't think about having multiple streams of income at all. So I think Airbnb is kind of a great way. It's another like leg of that income stool that you can that you can add on. And so I think that's another reason for people to consider it. So another benefit of, of hosting an Airbnb is that it can be really, really easy. It can be really convenient. And Matt, that's a huge part of the reason you decided to, to create your Airbnb. It's so convenient. It's so easy to access that when you have to clean it or you have to welcome guests, it's super simple and it doesn't take much time in order to actually make that happen, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely specific to hosting an Airbnb on your own property, right? Like, so if you have a room, obviously it's a lot easier just to meet somebody at your house. It's like, no, 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 you come to me. <laughs> it's, it's not like some sort of business where you have to go somewhere and do something, right? And in our case, our apartment, it's, it's connected to our house. It's part of our house, but it's not actually in our house. It can be a lot easier if you're meeting folks at your actual home, especially if you work from home. And that's the case for me. And of course, you're also doing all the booking and the communicating via the app. That's also really easy because that infrastructure, man, all of that already exists. You know, everyone's looking for ways to make money via apps. Well, like Airbnb is going to be one of the best ways you can do that if you have the space. Matt, let's talk about other benefits like flexibility that, that hosting an Airbnb can provide. You know, we talked about the income diversification, which kind of adds to your flexibility, right? Having income from a different source. But from hearing you talk, you've talked about how the flexibility was part of the reason you chose to rent out your apartment on Airbnb as opposed to, to renting it out full time. Like part of it was the money, something we just talked about. But what about the flexibility factor? How did that weigh into your decision? Yeah, well, we have flexibility of how much we want to actually do it, right? Or specifically Kate, because she's actually the one that's kind of doing a lot of the legwork on this. It's really easy to host more often or less often, depending on what we have going on in our life and what our life allows. If we get tired of it, you know, say we want to quit, it's completely up to us. And so that's a definite perk. That's a, a sweet piece of flexibility that Airbnb offers. And here's the other thing, man, is that we found that a lot of folks tend to book more last minute than we thought. So it's not difficult for us to look a couple months ahead of time and just block off some dates because like those dates aren't booked. And it's not necessarily because we don't have reviews yet. We're well into our fourth month now of hosting. We've got a good number of reviews, but these days I'm surprised at how many folks are booking for two days from now. But what that means though, is that we don't have to lock down our schedule months and months in advance. And so that kind of flexibility is something that we like. So one of my favorite benefits of, of Airbnb, there's a fun factor that goes along with it. And yeah, it was exactly what my friend Greg described when I asked him about it. And it's something that you've mentioned. And it's something that I've felt when I've stayed at Airbnb. So I've never hosted, but I've had so much fun getting to know locals in a particular place, 
typically you get to meet the person that owns the property and is renting it out and you shake their hand. They might even have a cup of coffee with you or a beer or something like that. And I I love that kind of informal humanity that comes along with booking an Airbnb. So I think that's one other benefit is, is the amount of fun you can have by doing it. Yeah. I mean, just like Greg mentioned, right? It's really, really cool getting to meet others and hearing why they're in town, like what it is that they're in town for. Like we really love our neighborhood. So being able to share it with them, it's just, I found it's really gratifying. Like this is a part of hosting that was a pleasant surprise for me. You know, in the sense, Airbnb definitely feels more like the hospitality industry as opposed to real estate. Like you have a traditional rental and like that's real estate. Like you're in the real estate game. But when you have an Airbnb, you're making recommendations, you're telling them where to go, you're talking to them. I had a couple that came back from Scotland and dude, they cracked open a bottle of this liqueur and before they left, they're like, here, you need to drink some of this. Like, <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. It was 11 o'clock because that's when our checkout time is. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. But here we are standing out on the curb, sampling this, uh, this Scottish scotch liqueur out on the street. And like, I didn't know these people. And he was just like, here, you need to try some of this. And he just like passed the bottle over to me. And I thought that was super cool because I'm into that. <laughs> so, so you basically become a concierge slash landlord slash party going friend. Exactly. It's like, you guys want to go out tonight? No, just the two of you. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're always trying to invite yourself along now. But for real, that's definitely a part of it that, you know, it really has surprised me. And it is also fun being a part of like the Airbnb community. Just like you've had some awesome stays and some different spots that you visited. Like same thing with me and Kate. Like we've had some really great experiences as guests ourselves. And so those experiences, like they just had a positive impact on us wanting to do a great job hosting for other people who are going to come and see where we live. You know, it's sort of like this communal aspect where we're all kind of taking care of each other. And I feel like this is totally sort of something that Airbnb has like on their mission statement, like up on some like whiteboard somewhere, (laughs) like this global community that comes together. But you know, when you stay at a few great spots on Airbnb and then you get to start meeting some really cool folks who are in the States and they're excited to travel around the country and see the city and the neighborhood that you really love, it really does make you feel good about humanity. That is true, but it's not all fun and games. It's not all gravy hosting on Airbnb. So let's talk about some of the drawbacks too, Matt. The first one that most people will instantly assume is a drawback, and it's true, is is that it can affect your privacy level. And and in particular, if you're renting out a room in your house, that's going to affect your level of privacy because there's going to be people invading your common spaces in particular, your bathrooms oftentimes. So so yeah, whether the guests are in your home or in an attached apartment or even just a separate carriage house, it, it's not necessarily for everyone, especially for those who value a lot of privacy in their lives. Yeah. Some folks, you know, they really want to have their space to themselves. They want things to be a particular way. And again, in our case, we have an apartment that's separate from our house, but it's still connected. And so what that means is that even though they are not physically in our space, we can still hear them maybe a little bit, right? Like we soundproofed, so noise, it's really less of an issue, but it still has an effect on the way we live a little bit. Like we know that they're down there. And so we try to be a little more careful, like early in the morning when the girls are waking up, like no jumping up and down directly over where, like where their bed is. Like that <laughs> No kind of walking thing. on stilts across the floor. Yeah, no yeah. pogo sticks. Yeah, no stomping. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get off the trampoline. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> and so that's definitely something to consider. Like I would call that definitely a, a drawback. There's, there's not like necessarily a privacy issue there, but it's a matter of like, I don't know. There's a balance between wanting to make sure you're kind of taking care of these folks so that they have decent amenities while at the same time, you want to make sure that you can just live the life that you want to live and not have to, you know, tiptoe around your house, which is, you know, what we're not doing. Oh, which by the way, I'll mention, you want to make sure you have a nice sound machine because that's something that we recommend them turn on (laughs) because sometimes they might hear us up here. And, you know, that's something that they're aware of. 
And all these different privacy aspects are things that you do want to consider before you host your Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnbs are less sterile than a hotel room, right? And, and that's part of the draw. That's part of the attraction is the ability to book a place that's very individual, that's, that's very singular. Hotel rooms all look the same. And Airbnb apartments or homes can look completely different and they can have completely different amenities. So that's part of the draw, but also can be part of the oddity also of staying at an Airbnb, right? And another potential drawback is getting less than ideal guests. Not everyone follows your house rules to a T. So yeah, just know that you're not going to hit it off with everybody. You're not going to be drinking liqueur on the front porch <laughs> at 11 a.m. with all of your house guests, but you're going to make some cool friendships. And other times you, you're going to meet people that you just don't necessarily connect with. Yeah, it makes me think of some other friends of ours. They have a basement apartment, but it's actually connected to their house. And so there's a lot more let's say shared air, right? <laughs> Interaction it, maybe. Exactly. Too? Well, yeah. And literal air. And I say that because their guests smoked down there uh, at some point while they were staying at their place. And so for them, that was obviously a huge drawback. That was something that they didn't want to have to deal with, but they, you know, they did. And so keep in mind, you know, not every single guest is going to be maybe as quiet as respectful of your space as you might hope. Man, so let's talk about time. An another downside, another drawback to hosting an Airbnb is like we said at the beginning, it's not a truly passive venture. We flip and clean the space ourselves. So it does take some time for us to actually have the Airbnb run. I really appreciate the, the, that you commit fully and you wear the maid outfit when you do it though. <laughs> I'm all about dressing for the part. You know, just, just like when I cut the grass, like I wear the cutoff jean shorts. I want to make sure I'm looking the part. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand. I get it. <laughs> but here's the thing is that you could automate it more by having a cleaning service. You can have co-hosts who you know show the space to folks who actually interact with your guests via the app. Both of those you can hire out. But then again, that is going to eat into your profits. So make sure that you consider that. But for most folks who manage their Airbnbs themselves, it's going to be more of a just a really flexible and a really convenient part-time job, not something that's truly passive income. Yeah, Matt. And I know that that another drawback, especially community-wide drawback that, that people have pointed out is the fact that the density of Airbnbs, more and more people renting out properties or, or listing their place on Airbnb has led to kind of more transient folks coming through and, and less the folks that live in those places are not part of the fabric of the community. They're not people that are sticking around and getting jobs and contributing to the local economy in the same way. And, and, and although tourism does contribute to a local economy, there can be something unnerving or unsettling about a lot of Airbnbs being in a close proximity. So you know, what's your experience there with welcoming tourists into your home? And do you feel like that contributes to yeah, a lack of community engagement as opposed to someone who is an actual part of the community living beneath you? I kind of consider this as like a potential downside because like for us, man, it's not something that we feel super strongly about because as... And it's not nearly as much of a problem in our neighborhood as it yeah. is in lots of other places. Like like versus Paris or something like right. that where they're trying to like maintain the integrity of the history of the, of the city. Yeah. That sort of thing. But I mean, for Atlanta, like people are in town. Like a lot of our guests are in town to see a concert or to go to a conference. But regardless, it's temporary. It's not a long-term tenant who is living and working here like you said, someone who's like actually part of our community. For us, it's not a huge drawback at the moment, but it's definitely something you know we do think about. And for us, it's kind of a wash. I'd be happy to have somebody that's living down there more long-term, but I'm also happy just to have a spot for folks to come visit Atlanta and have a great place to stay. 
Yeah, man, Airbnbs can be great for that, but we got to get into how to figure out whether hosting an Airbnb is a good fit for you. We're going to get into some of those things. And then if it is advice for getting an Airbnb off the ground, we'll get to that right after the break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. (laughs) 
All right, man, we are back. You know, we've talked about the overwhelming pros, the benefits of hosting an Airbnb. Let's throw some caution out there a little bit, right? When you are trying to decide if hosting is a good fit for you, there's a few things we would recommend you consider. I mean, and first of all, this kind of goes back to the, the money, right? But run the numbers. Like you need to know the premium that you'll make if you rent via Airbnb as opposed to maybe having a traditional lease, if it's a space that you can rent out full time, or if it's just something that you're going to consider doing even at all. So make sure you're factoring in that time difference to figure out your actual hourly rate. That's a real consideration because you don't want to do it if it isn't worth it. You don't want to underpay yourself. Yeah, Matt, I completely agree. You want to be realistic going into it because if you're unrealistic, you might end up doing yourself a disservice and undervaluing your time. It's also important to know the potential risks, right? Airbnb has a great protection insurance policy. If you have guests who do wreck your place, who do, let's say, smoke in it or, or create some havoc. That doesn't mean that it isn't a headache, though, if something like that occurs. One of the biggest risk factors that we have to mention, though, is the risk that your local government might create a new law that makes it harder or even illegal to run an Airbnb out of your house. And, and this is especially important if you are creating a space and spending a lot of money to create that space where it is specifically meant and purposed to be an Airbnb. While that can be a great idea, you need to have some flexibility or have a backup plan in place if something like that does occur. Because this has been happening in certain cities and towns across the country that have been inundated with Airbnbs and some governments have been cracking down in order to curb the amount of Airbnbs that are allowed or at minimum, at least bring them into the fold and making Airbnbs pay certain taxes like hotel taxes, uh, whereas before they didn't have to do that. So it's important just to know those risks ahead of time and not put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, it's good to consider and have sort of a, a plan B, right? And, and not just because of local laws, right? It might become illegal, but you also may not necessarily enjoy the hosting aspect of the Airbnb. Maybe you'd be totally fine with somebody being down there long term, but maybe like the tourism aspect of it or the turnover, like you're not into that. And so if you are looking at finishing on a space, make sure that you consider some things that would allow it to become a full-time rental. That's something that we did, man. Like we actually had this closet that we currently have as a desk but guess what? There is plumbing behind there to put the washer and dryer because that's something that we consider. We thought, you know what? If this doesn't work out, we really want this unit to have a washer and dryer. That way, uh, a long-term tenant could be able to do their laundry because folks don't like going to the laundromat. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And that's a really good idea. And part of you know, being flexible, I think too, just in case demand is softer than you thought it would be for your Airbnb, it's, it's nice to have that ability to be able to rent it out to someone full-time if the income just didn't quite meet your expectations. Yeah. And one other thing to consider when you're thinking about hosting is to realize that it doesn't necessarily have to be you that is there doing all the work. Like you don't have to be really extroverted. You don't have to be like one of those super hosty, you know, friendly types. <laughs> A lot of hosting an Airbnb can be pretty much automated with very little interaction if that's not your thing. But again, you just want to make sure that you're factoring that in when you're crunching the numbers. You can hire a professional management company to act as a co-host alongside you so that you don't have to be there day in and day out. There is an entire industry basically kind of sprouting up around Airbnb to provide the different services that hosts are looking for because they don't necessarily enjoy all aspects of hosting an Airbnb. 
All right, Matt, let's say someone's listening to the show. They've heard the benefits. They've heard of the drawbacks. They've determined that the scales weigh a little bit more in favor of, of starting to host an Airbnb, at least trying it out. Well, like what's your advice for someone getting started to actually get that Airbnb running? Like what are the first steps in order for them to actually make it happen? Yes. Well, generally speaking, the thing is you want to make sure that you are treating it like a business. The casual, easygoing aspect of Airbnb, like that's really appealing to most folks, right? But the thing is, if you want to have a successful Airbnb, you need to make sure that you're taking it seriously. You want to be smart about it. And so first thing, you want to get your Airbnb off the ground. You want to get it going, right? Consider listing it at a price that's maybe more affordable than where you want it to be in the long term. And the reason for this is because you want to jumpstart the number of reviews that you have on your listing. Those reviews are so important when it comes to folks wanting to actually book your space. I know from personal experience, when Kate and I were traveling, especially abroad, man, we felt way more comfortable about a listing when they had at least a dozen reviews or so. You know, you see a listing and it's got like two reviews. I'm not going to stay there. Yeah. Unless there's maybe a really, really good deal. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, or they're just solid reviews. They don't look sketchy at all. But, you know, having a nice collection of reviews, like that's just so important. Yeah, the reviews and not even just the star rating, but actually reading the reviews. Because just like on Amazon, right? Buying something on Amazon, the star rating can be helpful. But if you dig down further and read a bunch of reviews, you can actually see how people are using the product and you, you can see which reviews are legitimate and which ones are potentially not. Real people, real reviews. Yeah, yeah. And, and Airbnb, it's similar way. You can see the exact experiences of people and maybe someone that rates something four stars the way that they talked about it. Maybe they're optimistic and you would have rated it two or three stars. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just helpful to actually read the reviews. That makes a lot of sense. Well, since we are talking about reviews, now is a good time to mention how Kate and I, dude, we only allow guests with at least one review. We actually will turn down a good number of guests who are new because we're not willing to take on that risk. Like we don't want that headache of them trashing the place because they don't really have anything to lose. They're brand new to Airbnb or maybe they've been on Airbnb before, but the reviews got too bad. And so it's time to start a new account or something. I don't know. I'm being pessimistic, but that's just not something that we're willing to take on. And that's another way to avoid a lot of headache when it comes to hosting and managing a, a property. Yeah. They say beggars can't be choosers, right? And so if you're begging for renters and you have to accept people that don't have any reviews, because you're just not getting enough barks up the tree. Well, you either need to consider lowering your rate or you, you need to do something different because more than anything, you do not want to accept people into your place that don't have any reviews, that don't have any history because they can end up being the worst tenants and more of a headache than they're actually worth. So I think that's a really good point. I think people want to be very, very careful about who they're letting book. I mean, this is your place. This is your property. So make sure you're only letting people stay there that are, that are verified, that have good reviews, backing them up, saying they're a solid person. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great point, buddy. All right, something else to share for folks who are just launching their Airbnb is to know that it is really helpful to meet guests in person to show them the space and to answer any questions that they might have. And I know not everybody has this kind of flexibility, right? But when you're able to meet them in person, make a personal connection with them in real life, like we have found that they will treat the space so much better. They'll follow the house rules. They'll do a better job cleaning up after themselves. Again, which makes life so much easier for you, saving you time. Yeah, if you have a flexible schedule, it's so much easier to actually do this. If you have a nine to five job... Oh, it's going to be so hard if you have a nine to five. Yeah, letting those Airbnb guests in... Well, it's that, all automated. That's almost know? impossible. Yeah, you have to come up with an automated process, which is doable, right? But if at all possible, the best experience is going to come, not only just from the fun of getting to meet people, but the people that 
you let into your home are going to treat your home better if you've met them in person. Yeah. And my friend David, Matt, I, you know, I actually talked to him as I was looking into potentially putting an Airbnb in my backyard. And my conversation with him made me realize that at the time when Emily and I were both working, it wasn't doable to actually meet the guests. And he mentioned how important it was. He talked about how the guests that he didn't meet in person almost consistently ended up treating the property worse. They were just less conscientious overall uh, of his place. But when you associate that place with a particular person that you've met and you have a little bit of a rapport with, it changes the whole dynamic, right? Yeah. You've talked to each other as human beings, right? As like fellow humanity. <laughs> and so quickly, we're going to cover some quick tips. Uh, these are some quick and easy things that you know we have found makes a big difference when it comes to welcoming folks into your Airbnb. For us, laundry like that's a huge part of the job of hosting an airbnb that oh, you don't yeah. really expect like that's a good point i totally thought i totally forgot of course you got to do more laundry yeah, sheets towels like kitchen towels all of that and so for us having uniform linens and towels uh, has been really helpful in streamlining that process we went everything all white so that we could bleach it every single time you know we just do like a little light bleach solution and it keeps everything looking fresh by the way that is one additional thing to consider is those upfront costs because if you're starting an airbnb you have to furnish it you have to have the extra linens the extra towels that is one more thing that you don't have to provide if you're renting out a property on a long-term basis yeah so true and thoughtful little touches also go a long way in that actual space I mentioned that sweet sound machine that we keep down there just in case, but you know, we've got blackout curtains. We've got a little welcome board, you know, with like the little, the little pegboard there. You can like spell out letters and stuff like that. We always welcome our guests by name. And so it's just a way for them to really feel. Well, ain't that cute? Yeah, it really is. Kate does a great job with that, but we've got a sweet Nespresso coffee maker down there. Uh, we have complimentary drinks. Every time I go to an Airbnb, if there's a sweet coffee machine, if there's like an espresso maker or something, I take full advantage. And that definitely adds one star to the review, no matter what. <laughs> so <laughs> at minimum, you're starting with one star if you have a coffee maker. And here's the thing, like good coffee versus like booze, you know, you got to be careful. You're just tempting fate if you kind of provide that for folks. So that's one thing that we kind of stay away from. And another uh, quick consideration is to maybe decorate sparsely. Don't over decorate in order to make it easier to clean. This is something that Kate shared with me because she said, you know what? I'm so glad we don't have any more stuff down there because it's just stuff I would have to move and clean and kind of dust. And this fits pretty well with our sort of aesthetic anyway. We like to have things pretty spare, but you also don't want all the surfaces to be covered in decorations as well because you want your guests to have space to put their stuff. Yeah. Be able to put their stuff down, feel at home for a sec. Exactly. So man, there you have it, right? Like that's the, the quick and dirty guide to hosting an Airbnb by Matt. And Kate, and I say Kate because like literally she does the vast majority of the work. She actually is pretty introverted. So she doesn't enjoy like meeting folks and talking to them quite as much. And I'm like, man, I'm happy to like go down there and like talk to these folks and kind of figure out where they're from and their story, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad it's worked out well for you guys. And I, you know, I've heard stories from folks who rent out rooms like our friend Greg. I've heard stories from, from lots of people who host Airbnbs in different forms and fashions. And I do think it's one of those things that people don't necessarily consider as a way to diversify their income and as a way to make more income. And it's not for everyone. That's for sure. I think we definitely covered that in this episode that, that hosting an Airbnb is not going to work out well for every single person. But if you have a little extra space or if you have a bedroom that makes sense to rent out, even if it's just during major events that happen in your city, right? To make a tiny bit of extra cash. I think at least considering hosting an Airbnb is is worthwhile. And for you guys, it's been fun at the same time, which is cool. And I guarantee you for me, it's going to happen at some point. I just don't know when. Man, it's only a matter of time. And here's the thing. I'm not like a super extroverted person and I really, really enjoy it. 
you're going to like completely lose your mind. <laughs> I thought about that, honestly. <laughs> when, when you're able to meet all these different folks kind of coming in from all over the world. I thought about that when you were talking about meeting these folks. And I'm like, I'm going to want to have a two-hour conversation with every <laughs> single person that comes in. And half of them aren't going to want to talk to me for very yeah, long. Yeah. But yeah, I would imagine some of those folks I would just have ridiculously long conversations with. And that's just going to uh, lessen the amount of money per hour that I can make by hosting an Airbnb. I know. You're, you're going to look down at your watch and you're like, dang it, this is costing me money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not running this like a business right now this is just fun there you go man all right let's take it back to the beer man this episode we had a peanut butter and jelly stout that is called neighborhood nomads by casa agria out in california joel what were your thoughts on this beer oh man i thought this was so interesting it's totally peanut butter jelly time when you crack this beer open 100 there's no denying what this beer is yeah it's peanut butter jelly in your mouth it's like a tsunami of your favorite lunch sandwich growing up. And so it brings me back to, to kind of my youth. This was a great beer. Casa Agria, man. They just, when, when, when you see something on the label of what it's going to be, and then it follows up perfectly, like it, it's exciting, man. I love having a beer that just really hits those notes on the head. And it wasn't a cheesy beer at all. I think when you hear something a little gimmicky, like a peanut butter jelly stout, you might think that the taste might be a little off-putting. But it really, really wasn't. It genuinely had those notes, and it had them in a way that really respected the beer i thought so yeah i really enjoyed this one yeah it totally had the peanut butter and jelly actually going on to me dude it almost had like a chocolatiness to it too it's sort of like this luxurious decadence kind of going on it's almost like a peanut butter and jelly chocolate candy bar but in beer form there's like a lot of toasted big dark flavors that you kind of attribute to like the peanut butter but then again it also had these sort of bright fruity notes as well that you can kind of like attribute to the jelliness of it. I kind of like the yin and the yang a little bit of peanut butter and jelly. And I'm actually viewing peanut butter and jelly way differently now that I've said that out loud. Like <laughs> Peanut butter and jellies are genius. They're <laughs> almost like these cosmic forces now like, when, wow. you, when you refer to them as yin and yang. <laughs> exactly. Did you ever have those uh, pe- pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that came like in these packages without no. the crust on them? No, I didn't. You know what I'm talking about? Have you uh, seen these? No, but it sounds like a ridiculous thing. It's They're so stupid. <laughs> Obviously, like I was never able to get my hands on those myself as well, but I was always so fascinated with them. It's like, what's so special about that special PB&J? It doesn't have the crust? It's wrapped in plastic? When, when, I need it. When the cool snacks like Dunkaroos or, or Gushers came out, <laughs> I was yes. years behind the curve on that stuff, man. I feel like all my friends were eating that stuff at lunch. And, and by then, I was barely getting my hands on string cheese. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was eating fruit by the foot like four years after everybody else, man. It was... I was behind the times, yeah. but what can you do? But yeah, man, this beer was great. Thank, big thanks to my friend Josh for, yeah, thank for you, sending Josh. this one out. Yeah. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll have show notes up for this episode on our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah. And you know, if you enjoy this podcast and you are not yet subscribed, we would highly encourage you to mash that subscribe button wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And also we would love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review us there. All right, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. I was trying to do my robot voice. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.